0: Hello and welcome to another episode of You Can Manage That, a podcast for first-time managers who want to level up their leadership skills. I'm your host, Chris Aspert, and if you're a first-time manager who wants to learn how to use storytelling as a powerful tool for promoting diversity and inclusion in the workplace, then this episode is for you. Joining me today is a best-selling author, Newton Van Riel. Newton is also a professional fundraiser and advocate with a focus on youth education and leadership in the black community. Newton, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Chris. It's, it's great to be here and it's a great opportunity. Happy black history month. It's a, uh, it's a wonderful time to engage, especially on this subject.
0: So without giving away too much about the book, can you, um, tell us a little bit more about adventures of the soul sisters?
1: The Adventures of Soul Sisters. It's really a book about two girls. One black, one white, and they're adopted into a black family. Now, the uniqueness of this book is that they view themselves as twins. So the world around them, they're living in a farm up in northern Ontario. So you can see the dynamics there. The world around them looks at them as being different and even weird. But they see themselves as twins. They dress the same they have their own language so it's really about diversity inclusivity and it's okay to be unique and when I was growing up I I sort of felt like a fish out of water sometimes and it's for all those people who sometimes feel like they're a fish out of water who believe in their uniqueness and their brand and who they are in this world
0: So I'm just curious that this message is a very important message to get out there into the world. How do you believe that your book's message fits into the larger conversation about race and diversity in our society today?
1: Well, let's face it. We're in a, a challenging world now in terms of everyone judging everyone for a variety of reasons. And I think this book starts the conversation of people talking about issues of race, issues of the isms in this world and the book is a discussion piece. Even during uh, my conversations with family and friends and even my other opportunities where I've engaged with people, they see the book as an opportunity to talk about what makes somebody unique. Why as someone who's black and somebody who's white, why can't they connect in this world and not judge each other? So it's really about trying to step away from the judgment of people and focus on the importance of really developing dialogue. And as a leader, you have to have the braveness and the fearlessness to sometimes create those opportunities of authentic dialogue.
0: Newton, let me just ask you, what inspired you to write this story about the importance of diversity and family?
1: Well, I've always been a fan of poetry and the spoken word. Ever since I was 16, I, I collected bags of poems. I've done that over the years, but, but, I guess from my own personal experience of dealing with some racism and institutional racism and some of the challenges of that, I wanted to put my voice into the conversation Mm -hmm. on this. During COVID period, I started Mm -hmm. working on the manuscript. I went through about six or seven versions of that until I got to the book. So really, it's really just a message that I've always had in my heart and my mind that I want to place on paper and place as a message for it's okay to be who you are, and it's okay to be unique, and it's okay to view yourself as a leader. So the book is about just providing the opportunity for dialogue on leadership, on diversity, about uniqueness. I didn't do it to be a bestseller. I did it because I I had a desire to send a message. I think people have resonated towards the book, and it's become viral, and it's growing, and... And I'm, I'm just enjoying the experience of, of connecting with people and having conversations at book fairs about why I wrote it and even talking about other people's experiences of racism. People come to me and they talk about their experiences and those who've read the book talk about their experiences also.
0: Amazing. When you're hearing these stories that, that people have and the personal challenges, you must be like, you know I, I, I connect with that. And by the way, I want to applaud you. You just recently told me that uh, you did a reading at Chapters and sold a, a lot of books there. Also as well that there was an, another organization that wants to use your book as a discussion for diversity and inclusion. Can you tell a little bit more about that one?
1: Well, well, that one is with the um, uh, York Region Children's Aid Society and, and there's been a discussion on how the book is a beacon on discussing inclusivity discussing even the importance of diversity. And they want to utilize that in their messaging to, to some of their activities that they do at the organization. And even on top of that, Tropicana, which is an organization that I uh, love dearly. It's one of the leading black organizations in, in Ontario. They're doing something for Black History Month with a book also. I'm piggybacking on one of their programs that talk about self-esteem and youth. So yeah, yeah Chris, it's been a busy time. I'm uh, doing this. I love World Vision, doing what, what I'm doing. But this is personal and, and I'm loving it.
0: Something that I've learned about the creative process is that we tend to create from our own experiences. So you've heard of other people and their personal struggles. Can you discuss any personal challenges that you faced related to diversity and inclusion and how you overcame them?
1: I grew up uh, being the best friend of a six foot two Chinese guy who happened to be the best man at my wedding. We grew up in downtown Toronto, we hung out We enjoyed each other's company with friends and played sports together And we also faced some racism too, because people would look at us This is actually similar to maybe the Soul Sisters, maybe it's the Soul Brothers they look at us and say, like, you're Jamaican and you're Chinese, why are you guys hanging out? So people would have this negative vibe sometimes Not all the time, because my tribe was very diverse But I did face some of that but more recently, and I'll, and I'll say maybe something happened, and this probably touched me more personally as a parent. Uh, of course, I have a, a son that's 24. He's an engineer now, successfully working. And he loves hockey. He played a lot of hockey, and he played at a high level. There was a game that mm-hmm. we were beating another team, and we're beating them 8-0. And there were a few black players, uh, my son and a few others, and they were some of the better players on the team. And then one of the kids used the N-word repeatedly towards my son and, and the black players. What my son did, he pointed at the score and said, no response, 8 nothing, we're winning. He told us about it and, and parents were upset, obviously. And so that hurt. That hurt me as a, myself and my wife as a parent when the n-word is used, and I'm talking about 2013, 2014, I'm not talking about 1960 or something along that line, so yes, I've dealt with racism, I've dealt with institutional racism, organizational racism, and mm-hmm. I've learned that the best way to overcome that is educate yourself and also to not let it enter your soul and destroy your confidence. Because that's one of the challenges for those people of color, of ethnicity, is that if it enters your soul and your confidence, then you become insecure, and then you fear. And that fear will stop you from leading the charge on a group of people. Yeah, so going back to my own experience, yeah, I've I've dealt with some of that even growing up, the N-word being thrown my way. My view on that is that I know who I am. When I was young, it hurt. It still hurts now. But when you know who you are and you have a tribe, you have those people who love you and they care about you. And those are the people that you lean on when times are tough.
0: When you were speaking, I was thinking and reflecting on this idea of storytelling, the experience that your son faced, the people who said what they said. They had their own stories that they came up with and they felt that they could say what they said at that point. And maybe not just those people, but society as a whole has a story and narrative of how certain races are. I think it's also not buying into the stories that they have about our race, but staying true to our own stories about, and like you said, knowing what we're about and staying consistent with that story, um, I think is is really important. It's hard though, when again, you may be the only one just kind of like your book here of, you know, the twins being different from everyone else. You may be the only one, and that's really hard to, to stay positive and, and motivated during that time. It could definitely break your soul. So my question for you is, how do you stay positive and motivated when your soul feels like it's getting crushed? You
1: know, that goes back to having an amazing group of people around you, having your tribe. I have an amazing partner of 30 years who's always on my side. My wife, Gavine, has always been there for me. I have these amazing kids. I'm the youngest of four. And so I have an amazing brother, two amazing sisters. And my mom, who we take care of now, she'll be 90 this month. She has been the rock of the family. And then including my father who was a senior deacon. He passed away almost 10 years ago. But I have my tribe, not only in my family, I have friends, people who I can lean on, who I trust. And sometimes when it gets tough, when you're alone, it's hard. So even from a leadership standpoint, even from a career standpoint, I have mentors in the fundraising industry, in, the, in politics, in the black community. And then I have mentors from all different backgrounds. And learning about people really helps you to learn about, your, learn about yourself. And by nature, I'm optimistic. <laughs> but I look at life as a series of opportunities. So I look at life as I look at the book. The girls reflect a world that looks at them in a somewhat negative way. But at the end of the day, they are still optimistic about the world. They still have their friend farm animals who part of their tribe. And then they have their parents that give them books.
0: What I'm most curious about right now is you coming from a place, like and myself too, about these challenges of diversity and, and inclusion. And you've wrote a, a book that people are wanting to, to bring in to have dialogue about diversity and inclusion. So I'm just curious from your perspective, How do you think leaders can create a more diverse and inclusive work environment?
1: I think how we can bring the changes, and I'll talk about the book, but I'll talk from my own personal view, how you can actually change and bring in people. Institutions need diversity. Organizations need diversity. They need diversity of thought. They need diversity of individuals, and they need to be in a leadership position to make changes with policies. And going back to the book, these two girls are leaders in their own world. And they are changing the farm, the imagination that they developed is their own. And they include the farm animals as equals. So when it comes to society, I think we have to focus on bringing in leaders from all different diverse thought patterns, diverse racial, diverse faith. I think if you are in an environment, a work environment, a school, all the various institutions, you have to have the ability to bring in thought leaders who are diverse. Therefore you have to be comfortable and fearless in your own heart and soul. Not ego, not a big ego, not saying, oh, well, I know everything. But bring in some people who are actually smarter than you. If you're a leader, and you've probably faced it, Chris, where you've been with people who haven't given you the opportunity to speak your mind and to be authentic in your voice. It's so important to bring leaders up who are authentic in their voice, but are willing to listen to diverse ideas. And as a leader, you have to consistently learn. I have never stopped learning, I've made mistakes, and then you learn how to rectify it, how to move forward. And so going back to some of the younger people who are entering different professions, learn Develop a tribe, develop diversity of thought, and invite people who may not entirely agree with you into the fold of those organizations, schools, institutions, government, corporations. Because I deal directly with corporations and fundraising, I realized that some of the best leaders I've seen in the corporate world were sometimes the most humble and they opened up opportunity for everybody to be engaged. And that is an important aspect of being a true leader. You have to know that it's important to listen to those on all levels, not only the CEO. Because sometimes people have the perception that the CEO knows everything. Some of the smartest, some of the best leaders that I've dealt with in the corporate world are people who have mm. great people around them. So if you're working in a work environment, You have to understand the the value of the great people around you. And they will help you achieve certain goals. Tokenism never works. Bringing people just because of a certain standard number of people doesn't work. But the reality is there are skilled people from all different backgrounds who are there who can actually be a part of that team and move that team forward towards a certain goal or a certain task or a certain opportunity. So yeah, so that's my view on leadership and how the book reflects the importance of staying firm on your values Mm. and inviting people to be a part.
0: People need to read stories earlier on in childhood so that way they could be aware of the other cultures and, and races and things like that. How do you envision your book being used as a tool for teaching diversity, inclusion, leadership skills in schools and at homes?
1: It's interesting because as the months move on, I have learned that it has become a, a tool, and there are others that look at it as a tool that could be used in education. Now, this is step back and how I view that. I look at the theme of the girls and the theme of everything from their library full of books, diversity of books that will teach them how. To 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 be a diverse individual. They read the Bible, they have the Quran, they have books like various black liberation books, like the autobiography of Malcolm X, which is actually one of my personal favorites. And so from that, leaders who are a part of the community can take some of those messages from those girls as a way of saying, you know what? I can be a leader too. And maybe these are the qualities that are important in being a leader: a dedication. The ability to have firm values, the ability to focus a- a- and stay firm and grounded mm. in what you believe in, and also to bring in diverse people. The farm animals are a diverse group of stuffed toys, but they're a diverse group, bringing those animals to really be a part of the, the farm experience. Now, the farm experience is, is an experience that could be equated to, let's say, for example, a community program young adults who are being involved in certain activities and they don't see themselves in in leadership roles it, it being black history month th- this book represents the empowerment of not only black people the empowerment of people to be involved in the beauty of this book and also to dissect the book and, and that was that's another thing I'm learning there's a gain of interest in the the, the adventures of the soul sisters is that they really want to dissect certain parts of it. I wanted the book to be open to dialogue open to discussion open to be not angry about what's happening with the girls but understand their experience and take take the qualities that they have and put it in your own experience in what you do. If you are working in a marketing firm how are you going to be a better leader How will you create inclusive environments for your staff? These are some of the questions that a lot of organizations are asking now. Inclusivity and diversity is a huge area for a lot of corporations. So a lot of them need to get expert insight on those people who are experts in diversity and inclusive. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I would say I have some knowledge in that area. And I've transferred some of that knowledge in the book. In terms of really having the ability to love each other and listen to each other even when their opinion may not be your your exact opinion so when I talk about dialogue and debate there's nothing wrong with debate as long as it's not taken personally what I'm trying to say in the book is that open your minds open your hearts and open your way of looking at people And as your audience are people who are leaders and managers and future managers of people, open up your minds, learn, educate yourself, and become more accepting of those who may not agree with you. And that's how I look at how this book really helps the future leaders of the world. Don't lose your inspiration of trying different things, and even if you're not popular at doing it. And that's happened in my life where I've done things where weren't popular, but I, I believed in it, and I believed in, in the fairness of it. So standing firm, being firm, and being confident in a world that sometimes breaks that confidence, which is a big challenge. I'm saying this at the age of 57, that there are many times in my life where I didn't feel that confidence, where I felt a bit defeated. But at the end of the day, I had my tribe.
0: You were talking a little bit about the importance of diversity. You're talking about leadership in your last answer. And you've already mentioned different ways of promoting these values, you know, not just tokenism. Is there any advice that you have for emerging leaders to promote values of diversity and inclusiveness?
1: I think one of the key areas is learning about diversity and inclusion. Taking effective courses and and going to conferences. I've done that in my own career to really learn about diversity strategies and learning about inclusivity in the workplace and certain things to be aware of. I think the importance of learning is of high value here. So not all individuals have just a natural affinity to inclusiveness and diversity. So educating yourself is key in those areas.
0: From your perspective, what do you think people should be watching, looking, reading, aside from your fantastic book, to get them educated on you know, topics of diversity and inclusion. Any recommendations?
1: Can I look in the library for one second? The book is called Makes Me Wanna Holler, A Young Black Man in America. It's about Nathan McCall. He worked for the uh, Washington Post and he spoke very frankly about the issue of racism in the media and at the Washington Post where he worked. It's very candid, very direct. And it talks about some of the challenges. Another book that I love, and I'm going to say beyond, of course, I I read the Bible, is The Autobiography of Malcolm X by Alex Haley. And that book is a journey book. It talks about the journey of Malcolm X throughout his life. And I think I love the journey books because you learn a lot about an individual as they go through journeys and they become a better person. Malcolm X became a better, more open-minded person at the end of his life before he was uh, gunned down. There's a few other books like Black Like Me, Native Son. These are books that are about black people going through struggles and coming out of it. And some of them don't come out of it. But the one that stands really close to me is Makes Me Want to Holler because I've read it three times and it's a book that I can relate to because I've felt that way in working in large institutions where I'm the only black person and you feel that your voice, I want to be heard, but I'm somewhat intimidated by a system that sometimes does not want me to be heard and wants to categorize me maybe as the angry black man or something along that line.
0: So Newton, thank you for sharing your story. I'm just curious, you know, because people who may be listening to this, they may be in that exact scenario. So, what advice do you have for anyone who feels like the only in their organization?
1: You know, where I work right now is very diverse, and uh, but when I worked at other organizations, uh, there were a few blacks within the organization, and sometimes you felt isolated and felt alone. The great thing about one of the organizations, I got to know a few of the black leaders within the organization and we're still friends today. And we had our own little internal tribe. And it's a challenge though, because when you're dealing with a institutionalized racism, which is still here, you're dealing with a certain thought pattern which challenges diversity. And what's interesting is I was the chair of the equity committee for one of these organizations. And it led me to feel that I was potentially being blackballed because I was on the equity committee in a not-too-diverse organization. Won't name names. So, yeah, there are challenges working as a black man, and not only a black man, but anybody of color, gender, racial ethnicity, cultural ethnicity, sexual background. It it becomes a challenge because you feel like you're alone. Mm And that's where it's important to find those with like-minded views. And like I said, it's not only the blacks that had like-minded views, it was a variety of individuals that became my mini tribe at this organization. So you look for those who are open-minded and open-minded comes in all different shapes and colors.
0: So Newton, as we wrap up, what's one message that you want my audience of first-time managers to remember from this episode?
1: the value of resilience, the value of continuing to achieve your goal in spite of obstacles that are in your way. I tell you, as as an older individual, I've experienced a lot of obstacles, but being resilient is probably one of the better qualities in people because we're always going to be hit with situations that make you feel less. Keep yourself inspired. Keep yourself focused and be resilient. And maybe if you're even not popular, Keep a focus with people who support you, and also invite people who challenge you. That's another part. Invite people who challenge you in terms of your thoughts, but they do it in a tone of respect and honor. Be resilient. Look at yourself in an honest lens. Know what you're good at, know what you're not good at, and
0: learn. As you say that when you have all these degrees in your background, definitely go learn. So, uh, (laughs) Newton, uh, the book is called The Adventures of the Soul Sisters. Uh, Where can they find more information about you and the book?
1: I have my website, which is soulsistasbook.ca and that's where you'll find it on all those social handles that I've learned about. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Soul Sisters website will give you all information. And actually, if you are in Ajax... Go to the local Ajax chapter is Indigo, and they're selling it there. Cool. And they're also selling at a different book list, which is one of the prominent black bookstores in downtown Toronto on Bathurst Street. And they're selling it at Pickering Town Center in the black-owned market. So there are a variety of areas where you can find the book, and I'm just so pleased that there's been dialogue about this book, and uh, I'm humbled by it also, too
0: so for those links uh, to his website facebook instagram all the links mentioned the social handles they're going to be on the show notes uh newton uh thank you so much for sharing your time your expertise with us best wishes for soul sister's book Uh, if you are listening go out get that now
1: thank you very much chris chris and it's good to connect with you again Uh, a kindred brother from another mother have an amazing black history month
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of You Can Manage That. Don't forget to follow my guest, Newton Van Riel, on Instagram, Facebook, and also check out his website, SoulSistersBook.ca. The link to those are in the show notes. For more information about me, my website, as well as my LinkedIn, check out the show notes for those links. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. Join us again next time when we talk with other leaders and experts so you can manage that. Bye for now.